It is the uh, Green Room Podcast, of course, number three, number four. I've lost track now. Well, we have a mother and daughter combo here today. Oh, what a first I say. So we have uh, Emma Callan and we have uh, Carol Bairstow, both well-known from the Gaiety stage from uh, years going back. Well, we were just saying, Carol, when we were 1960... 1967, Noel Coward's Hay Fever. Wow. Where I played sister to Wiley McDowell, God bless Wiley. We still miss him. We do indeed. We do. Wiley and I play brother and sister. Yeah. Um, is that, so that your first time on stage altogether? That was my first time. I never ever had any intention of going on the stage until um, through social channels I happened to meet a lady who was a member of the service players, and she persuaded me against my will um, to go to the weekly play readings that they used to have at that time. Uh, they had a club room on Victoria Road somewhere, and. Um, I went along just to keep her happy, re and I told to play readings. And before I knew it, I was cast going to rehearsals, which was a bit frightening. Then they'd got you by then. A bit was... frightening, they got me. And the one thing that I was very grateful for that first night when the curtain went up was that we still had footlights because I couldn't see. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Proper footlights. Yeah, real live footlights. Yep, all along the front edge of the stage. And of course, the. And the spots were on the front edge of the circle. They weren't where they are now. They were actually fixed to the front edge of the circle. So all the lights just blinded me, and that was fine. I forgot everybody was there. <laughs> what about you, Em? You've been on the stage for, what, six months? Something like that? Yeah, <laughs> I'm only 21. <laughs> um, mother put me on the stage. In put about... your daughter on the stage. <laughs> yeah, this is Worthington. Talking about Noel Coward, that was... In about 1980? Something pink, like that. Pink string, pink... What? Pink string and ceiling marks. Was it pink string? Was it that? One? No, it wasn't. It was um, happiest days of our lives. Happiest days. That's what that was the one. And um, me and Emma Cowan and Richard and Cowan. Richard Cowan. Yeah. So I'd have been four or five, and we came on at the end of Act One. I don't know what the joke was, but we were the punchline. We didn't say anything. <laughs> we just ran on, and then the audience went into rapturous laughter and applause and the curtain came in and, you and then hooked, we went home. You were and we were the best thing in the show. <laughs> she says modestly. <laughs> she hasn't changed. And that was the service players. Mm. Um, and so, and it's because of the service players that I then joined Christine Wilde because it's when you did Panto. When, you when did we Dick did it. Well, that was when we all met Howard for the first time, wasn't yes. it? Would be, would be. We were, and we were looking at that 19... Uh, 1983, 84, yes. 83. 83. Yeah, 40 years this year. That's a bit terrifying, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, so I used to come along to rehearsals with Mum all the time. I remember when the theatre wasn't heated and unless it was a show, so rehearsals were always freezing cold. Um, but everyone was always lovely to me, um, as actors are. And so I remember watching... I was already going to ballroom dancing lessons, so I knew I wanted to dance... But then when I watched what Christine was doing and the girls in Dick Whittington, um, I said to Mum, that's the sort of dancing I want to do. And so I joined Christine Wilde after that. Wow. And so, and what was it for you then that sort of kept you going over the years? Was it the acting? Was it the dancing? Did you like the straight stuff? Did you like doing the musicals? Um, really, I mean, I've kept going, I think since I moved back home in 2001, um, I have done more musicals than anything else and people would probably know me more for that. But until I went away to university, 
obviously I did the dancing, but I was more involved in plays and drama. And that's my first love. Um, and I wish I did more of that, uh, but I haven't found the right opportunities. Um, the last thing I did with the service players was Vicar of Dibley, which was 2017. So that's a while ago now. Um, and thoroughly enjoyed it. So, um, yeah, I would like to do more straight drama, but I, I've just got into the... I did get into the rut of musicals, but then children came along. And that's why I've been assistant director on more things since then, because um, I don't have to do a whole week's run. It's still busy. It's still a really busy rehearsal schedule, but it's slightly more flexible with the children then. Trying to fit in learning lines. Yeah. And, and you know, none of us are getting any younger. That's why they love. And Greg, well, I tried to retire. I tried to retire in, um, oh gosh, about 19. And maybe you said you were going to retire. It never yeah, worked. Yeah, 2004, I think. Um, yeah, I tried to retire. Well, I did retire for a few years. And then a certain gentleman who's sitting in the other studio here. Oh. Yes. Mr. Brindley, for the yes. one in the note. Boy Wonder. Um, dragged me out of retirement in 2014 to play Mrs. Richards, my dear, in Faulty Towers. It was very good too. It was very good to suit you. were typecast for that. <laughs> no, I thought the better one, actually, was um, when he cast me as Lady Whiteadder in um, Blackadder the Second because I got to slap you round the face <laughs> twice at night. every rehearsal. <laughs> She'd been waiting years for that. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything, but you know, I felt there was there was a little bit of uh, yeah, a little bit of sting behind it. <laughs> it has to be said. So, what's kept you going then, Carol? You must have enjoyed it, even though it's come out of retirement. You must. Have oh, I, it. I, I did. Um, I mean, I was I was really getting into the swing of it at the beginning when I first started because I was in um, in the first three years uh, that I was with the service players. I was in five different plays, but. Um, I then married um, Emma's dad, and we went to live in Leeds. And um, so for ten years, I I just wasn't here. Um, we came back um, the end of the seventies, wasn't it? Apparently, like you were two. <laughs> you were two at the time, and um, and I was a one-parent family virtually. So anything, you know, that took me out of the home or out of the work because I had to work, I didn't have time for anything else. But um, I was in the shop one day and a, uh, a certain David Higgins walked in and said, oh, I'd heard your back and just shoved a script in my hand. Um, that was for Cat on the Fiddle, which, which is in uh, 1980. And that sort of started it going again. So then I sort of got involved to a certain degree, I'm either on stage or backstage or more often than not stuck in the prompt corner, which is a thankless task. My it heart is. goes out to every person it's who has ever had to, to be nerve-wracking in the corner, do it. Yes, yes. Oh, one, one, I mean, I completely gave up on it in one production um, called A Bed Full of Foreigners. And your brother Christopher was on stage. I was about stage. to say, you're not mentioning any particular individuals who uh, might have uh, skipped yeah, yeah. a few pages. And yeah, uh, yeah. And um, Chris was on stage with Wiley McDowell, and uh, the line was... Uh, they were looking at a leaking radiator, and Wiley said, I am plugging leak with chewing gum. And that was fine, said the line in the right place. And then they skipped three pages, but they brought themselves back, and Wiley said, I am plugging leak with chewing gum. 
and they skipped the same three pages and they finally brought it back and while he said for the third time i am fucking with chewing gum at which point there was a loud bang in the propped corner because i threw the script on the floor and left them to it <laughs> i have to say my experience i've only done prompt corner once and that was blackadder and it was not long after i'd had my second child and i found it quite comforting sitting in the quiet dark corner listening to the ropes and pulleys and the the noises of the theater and i only had to give one prompt um and that was to nigel harrison and uh, yeah i quite i enjoyed it see i found it uh have you done prompt ever john uh, uh, once once yeah i always found it but again it's because you get given the script maybe a week before and it's a bit like i've always found the same as trying to do anything backstage i always found it horrendous because i did it for actually for blackadder mm. the second was why I was helping backstage the first time I'd really done backstage, and I just said, right, Doc, what do you want me to do? And didn't ask any questions. Right, you want me to do that? Fine, um, I'll, I'll do it. Because it was so, I found more nerve-wracking doing that than actually being on the stage where you're more familiar mm. for weeks and weeks yeah, with, I, with the production. I was the same, I think, particularly with the, with the uh, with prompting, because it's that horrible feeling that if you prompt too early, then the actors or actresses get really annoyed with you because you think, you know, they were just doing a dramatic pause and you've basically ruined it by you know shouting a prompt across the stage and then of course if you go the other way and they are actually grasping and, and you don't pick up quickly enough then the whole thing grinds to up and nim is halting you know and it's yeah and i just think you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't to a degree but oh yeah i had one actor who actually came to me at the beginning of one performance um opening night and came to me and said don't want to prompt to me i haven't got my hearing aid in i can't hear you i'll get myself out of it okay tony fine <laughs> What about the directing side? You mentioned directing. I don't mind being an assistant director. I don't feel I have enough creative flair to be a director. And I've been asked before. And there are some plays that I feel maybe I would have a, an idea around getting through it. But I feel like I would I would never be able to fulfill what I really want just because I don't, I don't know. I've never tried it. Maybe I should give it a go one day. But I prefer... Um, somebody else setting it all I can polish it I can do that I can run rehearsals I can do whatever the director needs me to do um, but I prefer being in that position than being in full control one of the things that we, we've been asking everyone is um, part of this this series is obviously to talk to the leading lights uh, of, of Mang's drama and their thoughts and experiences of, of their time on and off the stage um, but particularly with relation to things like the Easter Festival of Plays and the One Act Festival, which is, you mentioned about doing um, direction and, and helping. It's been the, 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 the test bed, if you want to think of it that way, for people who've never directed before to have that first opportunity to do so. Um, do you have any particular memories of the One Act Festival and different service players' productions that have gone into that over the years? Um I don't have a memory of particular productions. I do have a memory of one that Howard was in and I remember it really, I mean, I was about to say, I remember it really stuck with me, but I can't remember what it was. I used it in my job interview when I when I interviewed to be arts development manager and they asked, one of the questions was about um, a piece of theatre that had really stuck with me. And there was you and somebody else and you were sat on a, like a park bench at the Erin Arts Centre. I don't know what it was. I do. Oh, what was it? It was Seascape by Tony Rushfuss, Ooh, who has got a play in this year's festival the service players are doing it it's called lovers lovers and um seascape was written by tony rushforth and it was um all about um port erin where people meeting in port erin 
who were in the internment camp there. Wow. And it was always, it was about like two different sets of, of people. But um, yeah, and we actually won the festival with it. I promise that I, she didn't tell me to say that. No, I don't. <laughs> no, I remember when I remember I remember when I was doing 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 productions. There was a period of time where service players was would every year. Mm-hmm. It was the best actor, best actress winning production every year for a spell in the early two thousand. Did have a good yeah, a good spell. Mm-hmm. Did have a good spell. Yeah, we did. Yeah, but I I the first thing that I ever directed and um, it nearly killed me off for theatre altogether. It was a play called Urge, and it was complete committee chosen and committee cast, and then dumped on me. And it was the most horrendous experience. But we did end up with a play on the stage, and an audience came. But the first one that I really enjoyed doing, and we were—I don't know who had found this script—but we were all at a play reading one night, and somebody brought the script for Bouncers and Shakers, and we all fell around laughing. And I said, "I, we have." got to do this uh it was the first time that we did it because we've done it more than once and that was in 1991 and um and it was just a brilliant cast it was the right people at the right time and it all just fell together we actually had we had stephen paul freeman before he became famous um chris and howard and stephen castle um and we and as one of the four uh, waitresses, we had the lady who is about to become uh, Deputy High Bailiff. Indeed, Rachel. Um, Rachel, yeah. She was in it, and, um, and uh, Jackie and Gillian and um, Sarah. You've directed for the Easter Festival as well, though, haven't you? You've had entries in that. Yeah, I did. Um, there was one year when we didn't have enough entries, full, full play entries, and... Um, I'd seen this script by Sue Townsend, who wrote the secret diary of Adrian Mole, aged whatever he was, 13 and a half, was it? Something like that. Quarters. And she'd written this play called uh, Ten Tiny Fingers, Nine Tiny Toes. And basically what it was about was um, genetic selection for fetuses, for babies, you know. If they weren't perfect, they were a book. The nice light topics that nice we'd love, love to hear in, in Easter Festival. <laughs> good, good festival for that. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I, I actually got the Adjudicators Award for directing that, yes. which I was quite chuffed. Yeah. yeah. I remember to this day, I, I was doing that, I actually played opposite Jackie Black in that, as, far, as I recall. And to this day, it's the only time I've ever had skis on the feet. <laughs> <laughs> on the stage, the, the fear of sliding down into the orchestra. <laughs> but would you say one of the other questions we've asked everyone, uh, everyone that we've had on uh, so far is, what would be your favourite production that you've done? Now, whether that's in the Easter Festival or the One Up Festival or, or or not, um, and if not the same play, what play would you like to do again? if you were to be able to be in it, I have a favourite, and I've done it twice, so I was very lucky, and that was Avenue Q. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved it because it's actually very clever. The more you listen to it, the more you hear. Um, it was a huge, massive new skill for me and most of the rest of the cast um, puppeteering. And it's really tricky. It's really hard to get that right. Um, and it was just one of those parts. I played Kate Monster and I just absolutely loved it. Um, and then we did it for, again four years later. I don't think we'll be able to do it again. But if we did, I would do it all over again because um, that that's definitely a favourite. I'd have difficulty picking out a favourite, really. Um, having thought I'd completely retired from being on stage, 
I really enjoyed doing um, the place that I was dragged out of retirement to do. Uh, and it was great to do the Vicar of Dibley because it meant Emma and I were on stage together for the, I think, for the first time probably since Happiest Days. I was going to say that. How, yeah. how often, you know, obviously yeah. as mother and, mother and daughter. Actually in chorus, chorus of and disapproval, was, we were on together. Oh, yeah. We were, yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, briefly. But, um, but that was great. And, cause, and I played Mrs. Cropley. So the imagination ran riot with the awful sandwiches. And um, I was made, as this particular director usually makes somebody go out into the audience before curtain up. And I was going around with horrible sandwiches, <laughs> trying to get people to eat, eat these sandwiches. And it was the first play um, that the then new governor, um, not this governor, the one before, mm. came to. And um, I'd, I'd gone around the audience with these awful sandwiches. I can't even remember what was in them, something like, a tuna and strawberry jam or something like that um, and I'd done all the audience and I was getting bored so I went out into the foyer and as I walked into the foyer the governor's wife walked through the doors <laughs> and before our lovely director could get to them I shot forward with this place of sandwiches <laughs> fortunately um, they were Vicar of Dibley fans and they knew they twigged straight away and they did not take a sandwich Shame. And then Alex shot in and rescued them straight away. <laughs> that was brilliant. Um, so I've enjoyed those, but looking back over all the years, what I really enjoyed doing was Chorus of Disapproval because we had some music in that and Wendy McDowell was our musical director while he was in it. And um, so it had a lot of music from the Beggar's Opera in it. And um, yeah, I really enjoyed doing that because it was just that little bit different it was great it was a big cast as well really. it was a big cast yeah it was a big cast um we had a lot more members in those days it was it was pre you know everything at the press of a button what yeah. was uh, live theater was still appreciated i think we, we what we found so, so we had um one, one of our future guests um uh, is going to be on tony and leia um, Tony Agus Leicard, they but they some more of the musical side, and that's you, that's something that we've perhaps seen more of. That whilst drama is changing, it's the way in which people used to do the the one act festival. And the Easter festival was very much more when Michael Lee was on talking mm. to us. It was for for, for not foreign and um, teams from across coming over to to, to pre present. But perhaps people are just embracing theatre in different ways than perhaps it in time times gone by. Yeah, and I've seen Tony Eccles do lots of straight drama and he's an amazing actor it makes me sick that he's also that that good at tap dancing and singing as well i was in 42nd street with him last year and he's he he is a triple threat um but yeah i've seen him do plays as well and he's amazing well maybe when he comes on we'll get him to do a bit of tap or yeah, yeah. always works on radio it's <laughs> <laughs> quite good to get him on the, on the desk <laughs> That would be a lovely thought. Uh, just quickly, um, you've mentioned a couple of characters. You mentioned the likes of Wiley McDowell, and again, I know I've been lucky enough to well, likes of sort of Wiley and any other names that sort of stick in your your uh, mind. Carol, well, Wiley and the David. Great... I mean, Wiley and David were in everything. David and Higgins, um, they were in the musical shows. They were in our plays. They were in everything, and they seemed to be in everything together. Certainly, service players. They also they always seemed to be cast together in the farces which the wonderful Dr. Pycroft used to um, used to direct. Um, 
And then, of course, there was um, my very best friend who came to live on the island during the years when I wasn't living on the island. And I um, met her actually when David um, inveigled me into doing Cat on the Fiddle. And that was the first time I met Jean Webb. And um, despite the fact that she's more than 20 years older than me, we just clicked. And for years, she was chairman, I was vice chairman um, of the service players. And we just, you know, f to me, there's nobody like Jean. And she's really missed. Yeah, indeed. I'm sure many, many people have heard her uh, dulcet tones bellowing out. Oh, saying, oh yes. Speak up. Yeah. I always used to scare the willies out of me. Go to the back, to the back, back say, yeah. carry you wait. The back, <laughs> back row of the stores, and she would yell. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. But then she'd always be straight out if something went well, and just tell you that was really good. You were excellent, or you know, she'd come straight with the with the bouquets as well as the brickbats. Yeah. Oh, said, yeah. said it as it was. Yes, yeah. she did. She, yeah. didn't, she didn't mess about. <clears throat> and her ways was the best. Her way was the best way, and that was that. You didn't mess with Jean. I feel very fortunate that when mum used to take me to rehearsals, I was just in the presence of all of those people who were all lovely. Um, and Tony Hawks, I grew up watching Tony do all sorts of things um, and learnt a lot from him. And Jack Hampson as well. Oh, gosh, yes. Um, oh, let's yeah. Jack. And, and, I, and I remember Eva Kane too. Oh, and, yeah. Wonderful. And I'm just glad that I, I was associated and, and got to see them do their thing. Me too. Uh, we could talk forever, unfortunately. I think our time is just about up for this podcast. Very quickly then, uh, things looking forward to. You'd like to do uh, Avenue Q again. You might do more straight drama. You might uh, yeah, maybe I'd, a Vicar of Dibley. I'd, I'd love to do more comedy. Um, I know the Choral Union are doing Evita next year. So it's on my radar. I love Evita, but we'll see. Yeah. And Carol, what's going to tempt you out of retirement again? Um, well, I think perhaps a similar starring role like I had in Dick Barton, Special Agents, <laughs> where I just sat at a table and drank. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's lovely talking to you. We might have you back again. Thanks very much for talking to us on the Green Room podcast. Thanks, Howard. <laughs>